Hey, this is the Cancer Fighter, Sean Wachter. Not only do I encourage all you guys to keep living your best life, but I encourage you to keep on listening to Markin' Out. This is Markin' Out. Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. We Markin' Out, y'all. Follow on Twitter. Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. We Markin' Out, y'all. Markin' Out. Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. We Markin' Out, y'all. Running like this Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. We Markin' Out, y'all. We Markin' Out. Talk by pro wrestling fans. And welcome everybody to episode 672 of Marking Out, Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. Thank you very much for listening to our podcast. You can listen to this and all past episodes of MarkingOut.com and all of your major podcasting applications. We're talking about Apple, we're talking about Spotify, I think we're on YouTube now, uh, Google Play is still a thing. When you do go to all those major podcasting applications, make sure you subscribe and leave us a review because we greatly appreciate that. Social media-wise, you can find us on Facebook at Marking Out, Twitter at Marking Out, and TikTok at Marking Out. You can find us on Instagram and YouTube at Marking Out 11. Email us for sponsorship opportunities or if you want to play some of your music or maybe if you want to have a guest appearance on the show to talk about something, uh, MarkingOut1 at gmail.com. We also have merchandise at ProWrestlingTees.com slash MarkingOut. My name is Chris. Haven't heard me in a while. Uh, I'm here this week, and you can follow me on Twitter at Chris Sweendog. I am also here with the man, the myth, the legend, Dave, who you can follow on social media at DavidPTDPT. David, how are you? Doing fantastic. How about yourself? I am doing great. And a man who needs no introduction. Uh, he may sound a little different this week, but he's here. He is our social media ambassador. Brandon, you could follow him on all social media platforms at BTTG161. Brandon, how are you doing? I got COVID. Oh, baby. Oh, yeah, baby. Two time, two time. Three huh? time. Three time, three oh, yeah, time. I'm, I'm not doing awesome too. as always. Oh, man. Put it but, on the record that episode 677, Brandon has COVID. It's the I COVID said 72 episode. at the beginning. Oh, man. <laughs> Should we just start naming the episodes that? Like Brandon, Brandon got has COVID. Brandon went to Cheesecake Factory. Brandon got COVID. Um, oh, baby. <laughs> bro, my yeah. very first status on Facebook about COVID was on January 25th, 2020. It's been four years. Yeah. it's in, it's, it's Everyone's getting it hardcore again. Bizarre, yeah. man. Pr- pr- yeah, protect listen, yourself. But that's... But that's but that yeah, that's it's the flu. I mean, I got my flu shot this year, and I got the flu. You know, get your COVID shots. Maybe you'll get it. Maybe you won't get it. You know, it, it, it's here to stay, guys. Sorry, I'm I'm, um, uh, I'm dying. <laughs> you're not dying. I'm oh, come so on. So much, so much pain right now. It's ridiculous. But what, what I will day say you it's it's less than what it was the other two times. Which thank God. But like I'm yeah. still I'm super dizzy and obviously my my throat right now, so. That's what every time that I had it, that was always my thing. Was always my throat was like terrible. The I um, I didn't I really I thought um, Saturday I thought maybe I had like a, a sandwich or something stuck in the back of my throat, so I didn't think anything of it. And mm-hmm. then Sunday rolled around, and my legs started like really killing me. How it felt. When I had COVID the first two times, and I'm like, I, I think I have COVID. And I tested, oh, no. tested negative, and then tested the next day, and it was positive. And I'm like, I I knew this one. 
everything was adding up. Yeah. So, so that's Dave. You're only a one timer, right? Uh no, I'm a multi uh, multi uh, platform performing he, artist. He's a COVID, COVID hider. He hides his COVID uh. tests. <laughs> I test positive. So what, okay, so we've heard. So we hear. We heard about Brandon's week. But Dave, what about yours? Yeah, no, uh, I have tested positive a few times. To my knowledge, two times officially. <laughs> um, one time, one time. Actually, the first time I had it, I had no clue. I assumed that I did. I remember that. Huh? Yeah, I, I assumed that I. I didn't actually know that I had COVID. I didn't even think of COVID. I just stayed home from work because I thought maybe I had the flu. Um, and this was back when a very, very, uh, back when it first, like, wasn't even spoken about too much. It was like February of 2019, I think. Um, 2020 is when I went to go get, huh? 2020. What's that? 2020, 2019 or 2020, because it was February before it was even the talk of everything. Because yeah, when I went to go get tested, I ended up having the antibodies so I, I must have had like, it. Hey guys, guess what? I have antibodies. Yeah, I was just like, I had no clue. But also working in the healthcare field, I'm having a lot of patients coming in who are sick at times, and most often they just claim that it's allergies, and they're hacking up just all this mucus. And I'm like, okay, I'm just gonna stand on this other side of the room right now. <laughs> Bro, if you're but, sick, stay home. I don't know why yes. people still have to be told that. I know it it burdens you if you don't get your appointment or whatever. But, yes, but you're I have two. I have so many people. Yes, I have so many patients that are still trying to come in just to get their treatment, and they're they're coming off of the cold, uh, off of a cold or flu or COVID or they're coughing and stuff like that. Please, 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 just stay home. Respect everybody around you uh respect your own health take care of yourself it's okay to sit down and rest and just be careful out there please you know wishing brandon wishing you a speedy recovery and everybody just please take it serious but yeah yeah so that was else, how we open up episode 677 with the oh babe huh wait we didn't even get to chris's week yeah, what about, I'm chopped liver. I know. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, man, but you know, it's fine. I've had a I've had a busy week. Uh, we're in the midst of basketball season, so uh, it's been broadcasting uh, a bunch of basketball and working and uh, doing all that stuff. Today, I today I actually had like a really kind of like half day of work because I really know ed- editing to do and did some organizing. Uh, and I watched almost the entire first season of The Bear. Oh, it's uh, fantastic! What a great show. What's the yeah, bear? I, I also I gotta give a huge shout out to Maddie Madison for wearing a Harm's Way shirt on the first episode. What's what's the uh, bear? I'm hot for that. It's the show about this like Michelin star chef who go he, like was all over the world, very well known, and he goes back to Chicago and helps like revitalize this sandwich shop. Oh, that's pretty cool. Uh, and it's that that's like run down. They're behind on payments and stuff like that. So it's like him kind of changing the culture of this place and the people that work in there to make it better than it was. And he's dealing with those own personal demons and stuff like that. The guy that played Carrie Von Eric in Iron Claw is like the, the, the lead. Jeremy Allen oh. White. That's cool. Yeah, Jeremy Allen White. Also, cool. I did, yeah, it's, King is in it. King? Oliver Platt. Jimmy <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> King. Right, yeah. yeah. So that was a- I'm, I'm sorry about that. I didn't even talk about my week. I didn't even hear you say... How was your week? I, I thought you yeah, asked you just me went back had... into talking about COVID. <laughs> yeah, because I thought I had my my uh, sound very low, 
So this way you didn't pick up on anything. So I, I thought you asked me about COVID. So that's why I brought up, I thought you asked me about okay. COVID. So that's why I went no. to that one. So yeah, uh, I was just gonna say, went to Umberto's, New Hyde Park. Oh yeah, spot. Yes, that's I got the there, Grandma man. Slice. Apparently that's the original there. Really? I, that's what that's what they claim. They say that they originated the Grandma Slice at Umberto's in New Hyde Park. Interesting. Yeah. I don't believe that, but okay. <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't know. It's always hard to believe like when people say this is where it originally was done because you're like, Are you sure about that? Did you research this? So I wanna I would since we're talking about pizza, I wanna put one of my camera guys on blast right now. Do it. So Saturday we had a game in Middle Village, Queens that we had to do. And in Middle Village, Queens, there's this like famous pizza place called Rose's Pizza. Uh, they have like this amazing Sicilian pie, and you know, I, the, me and my two camera guys, we drive to all the you know the Queens and the Bronx games together just to save on gas. And we have great conversations and make fun of everybody. It's fantastic. Um, but <laughs> Road Warriors. I was like, I'm like guys. I'm like guys. I'm like after we got to go to Roses. Apparently, my announcers talk about how great this place is, uh, and he's like, "Nope, I have plans. I can't go." So I have to make fun of him for it. He's never gonna hear this. But Travis, <laughs> you, st- you stink. Yeah, Travis. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah Travis. <laughs> also, I feel like we should mention. I don't know if we'll be able to next week. Next week is the 13th anniversary of Marking Out. Yeah, I'm gonna be in Florida starting the first to the fourth. So probably not. Probably not gonna have me, pal. There you go. So it's been quite, yeah. quite the run, <laughs> quite the ride. I don't have anything yeah. that rhymes with ride. I don't know. Neither do I. No. But, 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 but what, about, what else besides pizza, Dave? I'm sorry. No, no. Oh, I, I just got a chicken parm, uh, chicken parm hero, with uh, the grandma slice. With vodka <laughs> sauce or no? No, they didn't have it there. Did you or ask? I didn't ask. I didn't, didn't ask. ask. I knew it. Was you I supposed told, to ask? You, you said last week even that no, no, Chris it, suggested. That was at Luigi's. It doesn't was matter at Luigi's. though. You could ask at Umberto's. Luigi's is different from Umberto's. Every place that serves vodka sauce will give you vodka sauce on your chicken bar. I'll have to consider my options next time. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. <laughs> but yeah, but. All right, so that was our weeks. Let's get on to some sports entertainment and talk about some Monday Night Raw. No, because mm. we have to talk about The Rock being appointed to the board of directors of TKO, which was very crazy news to find out on Tuesday morning. Tuesday, I was up at 5 a.m. because of COVID, by the way. That sucked. And I just watched, waited, waited, waited. Then they announced this news that he's on the board which is insane to to go from where The Rock was to now being actually part of the company. And he owns The Rock name now. Yes. That's huge. And for a huge merchandising, The Rock is the great one. The Rock is the people's, people's champion. But, you know, he's going to do the right thing here, especially with Triple H behind the helm and The Rock, two of the biggest stars of the Attitude Era, or just WWE in general. Um but that wasn't even just the, 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 the bigger of the news as well is the fact that starting in January of 2025, Raw has a new home, and that's Netflix. Uh, Netflix has a 10-year, $500 billion Not 500, uh, just 5 billion. 5 million? No, 5 billion. 
Oh, okay. I thought it was a lot more. My apologies for not knowing that stuff. But, but there's, I think there's um, like a clause where they could either cut it after five or extend it ten more. So they could either have a minimum of five years or maximum right now of 20. Which is like beyond crazy. Yeah. Since 1993, the very first episode of Monday Night Raw... It's always been on cable. So moving this to a streaming platform like Netflix is a huge deal, especially for $5 billion. It sucks because I don't have full access to Netflix. And I understand everybody else that will complain about this moving to Netflix because they might not want to or have the means to get Netflix. But... Netflix, I believe, is the the most subscribed to app worldwide. So it makes sense for WWE to go this route. It's just, it's crazy that that is happening. And there's rumors that USA Network is not going to be airing Monday Night Raw in the final three-month gap between October and January. So I don't know what's yeah. going to happen there. I heard that too about the gap and you know at first I was really upset by this move because I am a diehard. I started watching Monday Night Raw from the very first one with the transition from primetime and for it to not be on USA is going to be weird Um, even though we did have some time on TNN right? On Spike? Yes. Yeah that's two different networks right? So yeah, two different or networks. Did TNN yeah. turn into Spike? T- TNN, TNN turned into Spike. So I do. It, it's going to be a lot of adjustment for me because I'm not a big streamer. I prefer having everything on my TV and flipping through the channel guide and stuff like that. Um, I'm very old school. Um, so it's going to be a big transition for me. But... It does seem like the numbers and stuff. Originally, when I was texting with Chris and everything, and even with Brandon, I was thinking viewership is going to tank. But there's a lot of revenue <laughs> and a lot of viewers on Netflix. There's just as many viewers on Netflix than anything else on uh, cable right now. And cable seems to be on its way out the door, and streaming is now. The no, streaming is just hurting into what cable was. Yes, you have to pay a premium. But uh, I'm sorry to cut you off, Brandon. But Netflix has, doesn't have a proven track record with live live. Media. No, they better get their. their I know they done like two. That's yeah. That's the thing, and I think this is their avenue into that. But like my gripe with this is like Amazon, Hulu, all have proven impeccable track records with this stuff even like look at what amazon has done with monday well thursday night football um which has been great but uh, so peacock too I mean, by the way i'm I, not i mean we've already got the pay-per-views and everything there I, but now and like so so now like the catalog for wwe is going to be on peacock or you have to go to netflix just to watch raw or the ple's it's just it's very confusing yeah but we already have to do like stuff me, like that sometimes I know. I think that everything, I think overall, they're giving us a long period of time to get adjusted to everything. And I feel like it's going to be okay. The thing that Brandon did bring up, that three months at the end of the year, is going to be interesting what they decide to do. I feel like it's going to be a easy fix with 
either they're going to I, I feel like USA is going to cover for the three months at some point you know I feel like they would fit that in there I hope so I mean that's where Smackdown's moving to yeah so, um, but, but now with Monday Night Raw moving that. to Netflix hopefully this means that we're not getting like the the bleeps anymore for the crowd mm-hmm. yeah the, I commercials thinking, yeah I was thinking that put too. Raw back to two hours yeah Raw two hours uh and then just no bleeping of the crowds or anything like that. It's really opening up a lot of avenues as to what they end up, what they could do. I mean, we could technically see that Attitude Era kind of a style brought back to TV now because they're not really going to have any restraints. Well, I mean, for you're Monday not, Night Raw, yeah, it would be. You know, I don't think you'd want to change one show so drastically and present it one way when your other two shows are going to be presented the same way. Mm-hmm. But that what that's what's going to make it different. Like, you don't want every single show to be cookie cutter, the same exact thing. I mean, shows on different networks is a good thing because you'll be able to kind of stretch your creative uh, direction for all three of these shows. Um, I feel like Monday Night Raw especially has been more of a, a wrestling very good wrestling show whereas nxt and smackdown from what i see are more entertainment based and there's a lot more promos and stuff like that so it would be good and especially with the this new tko group led wwe it would be good to have different shows with different styles Mm mm-hmm if that makes any sense. We've seen professional wrestling for the longest time be presented in the same exact way for every single show, regardless of what company it is. So now this could be a very good way for WWE to flex their creative, technological, and all those good things, to, uh, muscles, and show Raw in a, uh, in a different light, show SmackDown in a different light, show NXT differently. Um, I'm all about creativity in wrestling, and I'm all there's def, there's you know I know it's very subjective about who likes what and what likes who, but this could be this could be a very good thing, you know maybe they'll show it more you know it TKO what el- what else is under TKO is UFC so maybe they'll show one of these shows as more of a realistic fight style show, and maybe they'll show SmackDown is gonna be more the entertainment side since it's still gonna be on basic television. But hey, listen, we have. Just under a year for that to happen at time of this uh, podcast uh, dropping. So there's still a long time before they uh, they do that. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's it's a very exciting time. to 2024 has kicked off very awesomely to be a professional wrestling fan. I agree. I think that that's the one collective thing that every, or at least I believe that every wrestling fan should appreciate, is that pro wrestling is alive and well. Yeah, after this, I'm going to go watch freaking TNA Impact. How awesome is that? And what's funny is I don't get that channel, but since they're hard to kill uh, pay-per-view, I wish I did get that channel because I'm like, I want to see Nemeth. I want to see Moose. I want to see what's... The system, baby. What a what a stable. I, I want to see more. Yeah, know? absolutely. But pro wrestling, so, and, alive and well. So, okay, but he, okay, so that, we... We both said this. So I was listening to a. This is going to be. This is a total tangent. Um, I was listening to Chris Van Vliet's podcast this with this week with EC3, and he like Chris and 
CVV said, he's like, do you think wrestling's very hot right now? And he's like, it is, and it isn't, because, like, it's hot within, like, the landscape of professional wrestling, but is it to the same hot as it was during the Attitude Era, where you could walk down the street and somebody's that you don't think was a wrestling fan watching uh, wearing an Austin 316 shirt? I would say um, no. I would say I, I, I personally don't think we're going to have that sort of an era again where you can go anywhere and somebody's going to have a DX shirt, a Stone Cold shirt, or anything I, like I that. I don't think, but, but we still do see people, like Chris and I, see people wearing wrestling t-shirts at Disney World. That's so right, I, don't think it's, I don't think we're not seeing people wearing wrestling t-shirts, but you're not going to get that same impact that it once was because there's mm-hmm. people that they just, they're not watching wrestling. There's a lot of people yeah. watching wrestling, but there's a lot more that are, are no longer watching wrestling. And also too, there's a lot of wrestling as well, right? Yeah. yeah. Where it's not just Monday night. It's not just WCW and WWE. There's AEW. There's, we just said it. there's TNA, there's GCW, there's, uh, wrestling revolver, who's who's I believe is about to blow up with uh, this Paul Walter Hauser and Matt Cardona match. Um, so there's just more wrestling out mm-hmm. there. That and it's also a different era too, where you have more access to wrestling. Yeah, I feel like now we're in the transition phase with pro wrestling, where now it's becoming popular again, where it could hit that attitude era aspect. But I feel like now is the time where more people are going to be introduced to pro wrestling. Even further, well, I, I don't think seven ahead, million sorry, people sorry, are going to be watching wrestling ever again. And I just don't, I don't never, see hey, that. Happening. Listen, a lot of they they tout their social media uh, reach, and also too, that's a big thing now with Netflix. Is you know, we always wrestling fans always argued about the ratings. Mm-hmm. Oh, Raw's only did a one point five this week. It's not <laughs> that good. You're not going to get that anymore with Netflix, brother. Unless they're going to find – and I said this to a buddy of mine who's, like, not even a wrestling fan. He just watches, like, the PLEs on Peacock at night. Um, they will find another metric to tout how well Monday Night Raw is doing on Netflix. They may be like, oh, yeah, this month we had 7,000 new subscribers – 700,000 new subscribers just to watch Monday Night Raw or something. Well, I mean, like when Peacock – what, uh, what was the, the – was it a playoff game for the, the NFL? They had like two million yeah, people maybe. sign up just to watch that. Yeah, so it's not far fetched that we'll see stuff like that, but I don't think we'll see something. So, like, if it goes anywhere close to like three, I think that's pushing it. Mm-hmm. Speaking of, speaking of the NFL, Brandon, are you really excited for Taylor Swift's boyfriend's team to almost make it to the Super Bowl? I, I don't think. I mean, we we see that. The logo colors. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Okay. Why don't you, you put your tinfoil hat on just a what little bit? What do you mean? Bit, uh, Line up every other time that they have the colors added. Well, next year it's all green, so it's going to no, be... No, uh, but the, the logo this the year... Hold on. The logo this year did not start out the same the colors. The logo color changed during the season. Okay, yep. Okay. You want me to get you another roll of tinfoil to add to that? I don't make the <laughs> rules, brother. What do you mean? They literally... What, 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 I'm it thinking lined of, up I'm, for the right now. I'm picturing, the... I'm picturing Brandon with the, like a Zoltar kind of a hat <laughs> from uh, from uh, dude. Where's my car? 
Since the <laughs> NFL had Super Bowl <laughs> logos with colors, all the other times they were like oh silver. You need a... It's not a thing to not believe. There, it's the there's facts and figures behind it. Oh You're painting me out like all some right. freak. <laughs> <laughs> Get off Twitter. There, how about it's that? The, it's all the right. actual. Let's continue. Colors, let's continue though. on with the. Yeah, I like. I don't. <laughs> are you excited for Travis Kelsey to make the Super Bowl? I just want to see Jason Kelsey without his shirt on crushing beers. At, again. Maybe he'll show up. <laughs> that was awesome. Hey, he probably will. He's retired now. Huh? That's true. So. All right. Well, let's. Uh, also, by the way, it would be a pretty cool thing if they wanted to maybe bring back for uh, WrestleMania, the NFL versus WWE. I can see the Kelsey brothers being in that George Kittle. There's some uh, yeah. football players that could be part of a battle yep. Royal. Yep, it's but true. they won't be because they'll be playing in the Super Bowl. It's going to be the 49ers against – it's going to be all red, 49ers versus the Chiefs. That's we'll see. Actually, I want Detroit to go, but we'll see. We'll see all if right, it's let's not Let's talk about race. Monday Night Raw, right? Yeah, Dave. <clears throat> Monday Night Nitro. Kick it off with Seth Rollins. Seth Rollins addressing the very, very awful news that came out that – he had a tear of the MCL and the meniscus. Um, usually, it's something that could require surgical re- uh, repair, where it will take out anybody. But and Seth Rollins addressing that. He did say that with surgery, it could be three to five months. And then Imperium interrupted him. And Gunther said that they've been avoiding each other. But now it seems like the good time to tell Seth that he thinks... Highly of him. And he compared himself to Seth. And he said... Well, even before this, Rollins did say he was going to carry it into WrestleMania. That happened. Before before Walter even came out, Seth Rollins on the mic confirmed... No, he didn't. That was after. Yeah. He said he might not make it to WrestleMania. To Gunther. No, he said before even Gunther hit the ring... He said that he was going to plan. He's not planning to drop the title. No, that was after because Gunter, Gunter was like, "Oh, it's sad that you might not make it to WrestleMania." And Seth was like, "Well, hold on a second. You didn't let me finish what I was saying. The doctors, I know. the doctors want this. I don't give a damn what the doctors want. I'm going to make it to WrestleMania." He said that to Gunter, and then Gunter. Uh, Basically told him he's winning the Royal Rumble and he'll beat Seth Rollins for the title. And it ended with a handshake. Very friendly. Yeah, I really like this entire promo and everything back and forth with Gunther and uh, Rollins. Gunther, as he is the heel, um, I like the fact that there was no attack, no physicality besides the handshake. It was no escalation of yelling or screaming. It was very direct. And Gunther only really praised Seth Rollins um, and his respect for him. And it really made you wonder, well, Gunther could actually win the Royal Rumble. It's not too far-fetched. But I mean, he he went the distance last year, put on an incredible performance in the Royal Rumble. I don't see that happening. Exactly. You know, it's, it's very... It could go either way, but I thought that this was a solid open, and it was a great segment for even just Ethan Gunther, uh, his mic skills. It wasn't anything crazy or over and beyond, but it was direct. It hit the point, 
I in uh, and plus fans got the answers with what's going to happen with Seth Rollins right at the start of Monday Night Raw, which I thought was very important to address. And then as a segue, a segue to the commercial break, you had New Day come out and attack Imperium. Yeah, so that that I loved even more. Where you had the handshake, they went their own directions, but not even cutting to a break or anything like that. You had the New Day attack Imperium starting their potential match. Um, I thought that was great. It's a big time saver because now you don't need an entrance for New Day. You don't need another entrance from Imperium. Uh, went right into the matchup, but this was a hard-fought match from New Day and Imperium going into a double countout. And it was good because New Day was so much more aggressive here. Like, we don't get that from New Day yeah. often. And we got that. I like that. I like that the referee was distracted with Kofi and and uh, Xavier Woods. They were just stomping the hell out of Giovanni Vinci in the corner. And to continue that, they end up brawling outside the ring. They brawl into the crowd and continue to brawl after the bell which I was surprised that it was not broken up by officials. But all the crowd stuff that they did, I thought was a lot of fun with like, oh, is Kofi going through? No, is, is, is Giovanni going through? Is, is uh, Kaiser going through? Is Woods going through? And like, they all went back and forth saving each other. And I thought that was a fantastic uh, segment there. And then they were interviewed. I agree. They were interviewed later on. Uh, and they were both super fired up. New Day. And Jey Uso put them over. Kofi challenged Gunther for the Intercontinental Championship next week. And then uh, in the back, you see like a sprinkle of damage control walk by. And it's like, what are they doing here? Which we'll get to. But I found it a little strange that they were already advertising everything for next week's episode when we didn't even hit like the Royal Rumble is a huge event. Yeah. But I'm not opposed to finding out that we're going to see Gunter versus Kofi Kingston, regardless of who wins the Royal Rumble. I think that's cool. Yeah. I, I, I agree. Next up you had Ivy Nile pick up the victory over Valhalla, which was, I believe Valhalla's second or third matchup. Uh, and what was this her first or second singles? Second. I forgot. This it was her six, second the singles six person tag and then two singles matches. So she had the two singles. Um and we know her like uh crazy Mary Dobson on the independent scene. Uh she's very talented. Sarah so it's Logan. cool to see what Oh yeah, Sarah Logan. Um it's cool to see her back in action since it's been so long. But, yeah, I was surprised that Ivy Nile did pick up the victory over Valhalla. I wasn't. Ivy needed that victory. That's true. Also, I think the bulldog from Ivy Nile took too long to do, but I really liked that that finish. I really enjoyed that. Mm -hmm. The match, there really wasn't much of the match there. The, The most, like, notable thing that took place during this match was Nikki Cross walking across the stage. I don't know where that's leading to or what that's going to turn into, but that took place. Yeah, I I didn't even notice her at the stage. I didn't even notice. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, that was awesome. After that, we saw Nia Jax come out. She said that for the first time, when she took on Rhea Ripley and Becky Lynch, they got squashed. And then she said she's going to win the Raw Rumble. Becky Lynch came out and said nobody likes Nia Jax and then said that she doesn't know if she'll have more fun winning the Raw Rumble or seeing Nia Jax lose the Raw Rumble. And that's when Bailey showed up and said that she's winning. And then she pushed Becky Lynch into Nia Jax and Nia Jax went after Bailey. They brawled and Nia Jax came out on top. Which I thought was very, very interesting to include Bailey in that. Yeah, it definitely got me excited for the Royal Rumble even further to see all of them interacting this way. And then Becky Lynch came face to face with Rhea Ripley later on, but I couldn't hear what Rhea Ripley said. So, mm-hmm. but earlier in the night we saw the Judgment yeah. Day, and uh, Rhea Ripley told Damian Priest that Adam Pierce told her that they'll be defending the titles next week against DIY, which had Damian Priest blow up over. And he mentioned her having a big head for being on the cover of 2K24. And then she yelled at JD and Dom and then eventually Finn Balor because he was laughing. And she's like, you're going to be at ringside for Dominic's match as well. And then we saw Miz speak with R-Truth later on and Truth was like, don't tag in and, and did like the wink thing, which I thought was funny, which is what Damian <laughs> Priest told him not to do, which really wasn't a factor in that match. I don't know why he said that. It didn't come into play. But we saw Dominic mm-hmm. Mysterio pick up a victory over The Miz. I liked, by the, by the way, right off the bat, Michael Cole brought up Dominic's boots being a tribute to Pero Aguayo. I thought that was pretty cool. But yeah, I saw that. That was that was really cool uh, tribute. But you know? uh, Finn Balor attacked the Miz before behind the referee's back, and Miz had to deal with Balor. He had to deal with JD McDonough. He eventually took them out, but Balor clocked Miz later on, and I did not expect Miz to lose this match at all. Judgment Day continued to beat down Miz afterwards, and DIY ran down to fight with them. I thought we were going to see Dominic, uh, not Dominic, Balor and JD McDonough get involved during the match and have R-Truth show up. But, but I was off. I, yeah. I thought, I thought very similar with that. I thought it was definitely going to happen. But, nope. Did not happen. After that, Ivar picked up the victory over Chad Gable, which was a very, very entertaining match. Gable started off I hot right off you. the bat. Yeah, I totally agree with you. I feel like everything with this IFR-Gable matchup, it's, I mean, call me a mark. I mean, I am a mark. So, but I always mark out for IFR, and I am a mark for Gable. So pairing them up together, it was really an awesome match. What about that German suplex? I thought you were going to say know, the superplex that German suplex first. from Chad. Yeah, the superplex too, you know? Um, I, I just keep on seeing Chad Gable as... Uh, Kurt Angle. Yeah. You know, he has so many traits, so many... The potential with Chad Gable is incredible. I wasn't expecting Ivar to hit that leg drop from the middle rope. And I was... And then once he hit that leg drop, I wasn't expecting Chad Gable to kick out. So I thought that Mm -hmm, was pretty cool. mm -hmm. And then 
all the the stuff with the setup with the uh, the ankle lock and everything that Gable kept doing, I thought that was that was really good. But yeah. Valhalla showed up last minute, and Ivar took advantage of that, and he hit the moonsault um, the second time around to to actually pick up that victory. Mm-hmm. We saw CM Punk yeah. and Cody Rhodes uh, put on cinema. Is that what they say? The kids, the young hip kids. Ooh, I don't know what they say, but. All right, let me break this down to you. This was an incredible, incredible standoff between two of the top faces of the WWE and pro wrestling in general in 2024 and recent years. Uh, this was incredible. Once both of the wrestlers were at were inside of the ring, it was it was just. You, you, I, I, it pulled me directly to the TV to the point where it's so hard for me to sit in front of a TV and just watch and watch and watch. But for this segment, once both of them got into the ring together and they locked eyes, I was like, okay, I want to hear what both of these wrestlers have to say. I'm not turning away. And also, I wanted to hear how the crowd reacted to them. Very. Sweet. I thought that both of them... Yeah, very split crowd. You had some CM Punk chance. You had some Cody chance, and that's a huge thing because you want to know who the crowd is going to support and if who's the heel, who's the face to them, who's the baby face to them. And it was a total split in my opinion. And something that I really liked about this entire segment, there was no reference directly to AEW, which I know a lot of fans I don't know may. If, I mean, what do you mean? Nothing directly. directly. Well, there was really not too indirectly, much in this one. Indirectly, yes, but but not. But in very it, yeah, exactly. But it could be taken into many different directions too. You know, I like that it wasn't a, a anything like that. They didn't mention well, CM Punk got fired and Cody Rhodes walked away or anything like that with AEW. Mm. It was just not really even brushed upon too often in the promo. What I really liked was how they both had a chance to go into what they wanted to talk about. And I like that Cody Rhodes... Well, first... Um, CM Punk. I think, yeah. Punk CM said... Punk, when yeah, Cody said, CM so Punk. what do you want to talk about? He said, your father. And he told a story about how Dusty and Rhodes... Right there. ...called him up in 2007 and said that he's sending Cody to OVW to start his journey in pro wrestling... And he wants CM Punk to keep an eye on him. And Punk was and what like, did the crowd do? They once once he brought up uh, his father, the crowd went into like the oh, like that entire "don't go there" kind of a reaction, which I was really surprised over that it got that sort of a reaction. But I thought that that was awesome, and the looking over. Watching, having Dusty say to CM Punk, watch over my son. I think that that is so, oh man. And Cody's reactions were perfect for it. Yeah, and, and Punk said yeah. that when Dusty Rhodes calls you to do something, you do it. And come Saturday at the Royal Rumble, he feels like he'll be breaking a promise to Dusty Rhodes about looking out for Cody Rhodes because he's going to be doing what he needs to to main event WrestleMania. And then CM yeah. Punk said that at this point in time, he's more American Dream than Cody Rhodes is. 
And then Cody brought up the pipe bomb promo and said that everything that that he did, that everything that CM Punk mentioned, he ended up doing. Punk left and and someone had to step up. CM Punk went out. I mean, Cody Rhodes went out there and did those things elsewhere and in WWE. But then he said but, uh, that he's so, more he's more CM Punk than CM Punk is. So that okay. So with that entire thing, so CM Punk saying that was really incredible because he was saying that he is blue collar. His father was an electrician. Unlike Cody, Cody was brought up a lot different than, than CM Punk. Which, okay, I mean, total Cody, shot fired. Cody really, I don't know how different. Well, you know, but I thought that that was a great, great thing to say. And then Cody saying that I picked up where you left off, so I'm more CM Punk than he is. I don't know if he picked up the mic right. I was trying to think about that during that time. CM yeah, Punk was gone. What, was what do you Cody mean the doing? whole time? AEW took I mean, place no, no, that Cody, time. No, no. When Cody, when the pipe bomb happened, when he picked up his and he left WWE, Cody Rhodes didn't pick up everything. And he did AEW. Oh, everything. So, Hello. Yeah, but that wasn't at the current time. That, that, was that they weren't talking years I don't, later. That didn't sound like they were talking current time. Oh, so Cody I just so said when I, CM way, Punk left wrestling. He did everything in that pipe bomb promo. So my the way that I took it was when he said that was he was referring to when CM Punk left the WWE. I totally forgot about AEW. Um, I my think, mind went I think to Cody Rhodes' last promo in AEW brought up the pipe bomb. So that's the thing. When I, I my mind went to when CM Punk walked out on the WWE. And I was trying to think, what did Cody Rhodes do in the WWE where he picked up what CM Punk left in the WWE? I didn't even think about AEW. Because they were talking about wrestling. So, so I, my mindset wasn't. No, you're, you're, you're absolutely correct. It could, with them talking about wrestling, it could definitely be talking about the AEW stuff. But my mindset, I just didn't switch over to that but then see punk no matter punk was pissed off that cody said that he's more punk than punk is and see yeah. punk brought up he's like a much bigger superstar could be taking everything away from you at wrestlemania which if you've been like i mean if you've been watching for the past few weeks uh you would assume he's alluding to the rock but then he mentions it's him being the much bigger superstar, taking everything away from Cody that's, Rhodes. You see, and that's funny because when he said that, I didn't even think of The Rock. How not? That's literally, Punk. that makes no sense that you would think of CM Punk in that moment. Yeah, I I was so glued with CM Punk and Cody Rhodes that no other wrestler was popping into my mind at the current time because I really was invested in everything. And when he brought up that there's much a much larger star coming in, taking your everything, automatically I was thinking CM Punk referring to himself as that much larger star compared to Cody Rhodes. Well, it almost got physical, and I thought it was very, very well done. It doesn't sell. To me, it doesn't sell. Um, I mean, it very much so can sell. 
Cody Rhodes versus CM Punk, but I don't think it sells Cody Rhodes versus CM Punk. I think it sells the Royal Rumble, the main event of WrestleMania, every man for themselves, huh. and both men needing to. It's... I need to be in the main event of WrestleMania. I need to win the WWE Championship. And that's funny. Like, and I took it where it totally got me into Cody versus CM Punk. Like, it got me totally into that aspect in and the Royal Rumble as well. Um, but it definitely got me invested even further with everything. And I love the fact that when Cody was, there was no physicality. Cody turned away, was walking away, and CM Punk grabbed him and pulled him back for a stare down. Eye to eye, nose to nose. I thought that was kind of signs of a potential heelish kind of a thing. He keeps on saying that he's there to make money, not friends. So that was the CM Punk that I was waiting to see where he just pulled him face to face with him and the stare down. No blink, very minimal blinking. The crowd was very split, as we said. But then something that I was paying attention to, they played Cody Rhodes' theme song when both, both wrestlers got out of the ring at the same time. They queued up Cody Rhodes' theme song. So I, I was definitely wondering whose theme song they were going to hit at the time. And then CM Punk did play to the fans, and he even said a few things on the live commentary that he's going to win the Royal Rumble. To Wade Barrett, an old friend. Yeah, so very interesting. I love this. Uh, next up, you had Shayna Baszler and Zoe Stark pick up the victory over the way. Um... After honestly, after the last promo, I was so jazzed up and adrenaline going where this match didn't even happen to me. Well, I liked the the constant yeah. tags in this match. Yeah, the I agree with that. That's one thing that in tag team matches can get lost at times. So the constant tags, the spot where Indy helped Candice hit a Hurricane Rana to Zoe Stark on the outside, I thought was nice. I liked. The, the spine buster that Indy did off the springboard that Zoe Stark tried. I thought that was cool. And then Shayna Baszler had Candice LeRae locked in the Kirafuda clutch and Zoe Stark tagged in. And Candice LeRae thought she had reversed that with a pin and had the match won, but she didn't realize Zoe Stark was legal. Zoe picked her up, hit the Z360, and then after the match, we saw damage control attack the... The attack um, Katana Chance and Caden Carter who were there. So that sets up Friday, which I'll talk about. We saw Damage Control yeah. backstage celebrating. Natalia and Tegan Knox interrupted them and they argued. And then Adam Pierce showed up and he was like, Can I speak with them? And that gets Natty and Tegan Knox off the camera. And he said that he invited Bailey there to let her promote the Royal Rumble and the tag team match for SmackDown. And then they, in turn, hype up Nick Aldis as being a better general manager than, than Adam Pierce is. So I would still really like to see Adam Pierce versus Nick Aldis at some point. I don't think that'll happen. But after Damage Control left... Indus Sheer and Jinder Mahal showed up and Jinder was like, well, what do you have planned for me? Let's talk. So 
Whether or not we see Jinder Mahal in the Royal Rumble, I don't know, but I feel like we will see Jinder and uh, Indusheer come out with Jinder, maybe cause some distractions for eliminations. I don't see Jinder making it to the Final Four, but we'll see what happens yeah, there. After that, they they paid tribute 40 years of Hulkamania, and they aired uh, a video package to celebrate the 40th anniversary of Hulkamania, and then Hulk and Hogan I, I, uh-huh. teased being in the Royal freaking Rumble. I don't think that's going to happen, but... I, I don't think it's going to happen either, but who knows? He definitely could. They're in Tampa. Um, I don't think he definitely I could. Was, if he did, it turns into an Iron Sheik situation where he can't go over the top rope. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think do Hogan mean? could go over the top and lose. I think he could. I don't know. The, like That's the WrestleMania 17. The reason why Iron Sheik won the gimmick Battle Royal uh, was because he couldn't go over. He physically could not do it that's funny i think that i think that uh hulk hogan could be in there but i was a big fan of this and then i kept on thinking back like how big of a hulkamaniac was i as a fan i mean hulk hogan hulkamania was around when i was first getting started so when i was getting into pro wrestling it was more so on the back end of hulkamania i believe like maybe the middle to the back end not the start of hulkamania because hulkamania was still wild was going wild but when i was a kid i still wanted to see suburban commando wanted to see mr nanny uh the mr nanny wanted the hulk hogan everything i had a hulk hogan hat um i was just a big fan of hulk hogan and I really did enjoy this promo. I enjoyed being taken back to the 40 years of Hulkamania. Um, if he does enter the Royal Rumble, He's I not. will be okay with it. I, I know, I know. I do enjoy a good little tease, though. But main event of the evening, you had Drew McIntyre pick up the victory over Damian Priest. Um, where to start with this? This was tough had, to see who I thought was going to win. Yes. Yeah. I couldn't really... It's definitely tough to I couldn't, see. Like, at the start, I, I thought maybe McIntyre would, but it was a tough call. The match, for me, it started off slow, which I didn't mind. This is where R-Truth showed up, though. And he showed up towards the end to pay Damian mm-hmm. Priest, which he tried to pay Damian Priest earlier also, but Priest said he needed to focus. What better time to show up and pay somebody without focus or while he's focusing is while during his main eventing. <laughs> but Damian Priest ends up pushing our truth and he's screaming for the password for for the the briefcase. <laughs> and then Drew McIntyre. Yeah, I like Michael Cole. He's like, it's not a password, it's a combination or whatever it was. And yeah, uh yeah. Drew McIntyre ended up hitting ended up hitting him with the Claymore. And, uh, oh wait, actually before that, he hit Damian Priest and the money went everywhere. And Damian Priest hit the south of nowhere and almost won the match, but the referee was distracted and he... With, with R-Truth. Yeah, and he threw, he threw R-Truth out and that's when Drew McIntyre hit that Claymore. So. Yeah, he turned around right into the Claymore as R-Truth was 
was the distraction for the evening. You know, I was a big fan of this. I love the involvement of our truth. Um, I think we'll see a fun I rumble. Do you feel very? Him. I agree with you. I think that our truth is going to cost somebody. Um, I could definitely see him involved with JD. But something that I am happy with is that our truth and Damian Priest still left hand in hand out of Monday Night Raw, which was pretty funny. Where you could just see Damian Priest breaking character. Where R-Truth just came up right behind him, put his arm around him and stuff like that, and they left together at Judgment Day. So, we'll see how it plays out uh, next, I guess, at the Royal Rumble. But, let's move on to some NXT. Kicking off with the semifinals of the Dusty Classic. We had Baron Corbin and Braun Breaker pick up a victory over Nathan Frazier and Axiom. Uh, This matchup, I was surprised that Axiom and Nathan Fraser had so much offense to the point where at the end, I for, I totally was just like, could they pick up the victory and eliminate Breaker and Corbin Not leading they. to Breaker and Corbin having their own <laughs> personal feud? First of all, you before know? the match even started, what? Axiom and Fraser attacked the War Dogs. And it wasn't your typical brawl before your match. I thought it was like a, there was like a fun aspect to it. Oh, yeah, the, the War Dogs. <laughs> and I liked how much they got during the match. And it looked like they could have, but I did not think at all they were going to be winning. I thought 100% War Dogs were making it to the finals. Nah. So, whether or not they win, I don't know. I'll, I'll have to decide more once Vengeance Day rolls around. But after that, we saw Ava coming out of Shawn Michaels' office and was then followed by William Regal, who has been off television for over a year at this point. So it was nice to see him back. And he congratulated Ava on becoming the youngest general manager in WWE history and told her to look after the brand for him. And then if she needs anything, don't hesitate to reach out. So I thought that was pretty cool. Same day as The Rock being announced to the board. Yeah, this was definitely like a passing of the torch, I would say. um, Where it's a nice end of a chapter for William Regal with NXT. uh, Where he didn't have a proper send-off last time. But now with this one, him being like, take good care of it. I'm going to go do whatever I am going to do, but I am not the GM anymore. I am not this person. It's all on you. I thought that that was really cool, a really cool moment. But we're going to see. And then Ava did get to use her GM role a little bit later on. But next up, you had Lash Legend pick up the victory over Sinclair. Uh, Sinclair? You can't say Ren? <laughs> Ren, Ren Sinclair. Um, Which Ren was nervous before the match, and Fallon Henley gave her a pep talk. So, I thought that was pretty cool of them. I liked Lash Legend in this match was using her strength. But that, I don't think, was the main factor of why Ren lost. Because we saw Jakara get involved right in front of the referee. No disqualification. I didn't understand that. They kept going, and Ren almost got a quick victory off of that, but Lash reversed it and picked up the victory, and uh, Metaphor, they they surrounded her after the match, and Fallon Henley ran down to make that save. 
But I don't understand why that wasn't a DQ. Makes you wonder. But next up, you had Dijak and Joe Gacy. They were going to have a matchup. But the physicality just couldn't wait until the start of the bell. Um, these two need a hardcore match. They need a hardcore match. I I loved how Dijak put Gacy through the table and then Gacy spots with Dijak. Dijak booted him um, through that NXT wall first. And then he, oh, he yeah, got up. Yeah, that was nasty. Gacy got up from that, and that's what Dijak put him through the commentary table, which he got back up from that as well. Man. And Gacy was all smiles. Yeah, he got up from that choke slam, or what was it, a choke slam powerbomb? Uh, the table? I don't remember. I think I think it may have been a power. No, maybe a choke slam. But he put him through the table, remember. and he got up, and he locked Dijak in a sleeper. Yeah, yeah. So I think we will um, see some sort of match between them with a stipulation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. But next up, you had Lexix King pick up the victory over Trey Bearhill. Bear uh, heading to the ring, Lexis King cutting a promo, uh, which is definitely entertaining. Um, Bearhill, newcomer, or at least uh, fairly new, but Lexis King pick up the victory. I thought it was a good match. Yeah, I still definitely need more from Trey here. Yeah. Um, Lexus King, I think for me, though, needed that victory. So I was happy with that outcome. Nah. Earlier, though, they showed a segment of Von Wagner training. And Robert Stone brought him to the University of Central Florida where Von Wagner played football for them. And... He wanted to bring him there to try to remember his roots to, to train him for the Heritage Cup match. Robert Stone had his children in that segment as well, which I thought was well done. Again, I think I still feel like they should be actors. They are very good at what they do. But later on, we see the Supernova Sessions obviously has nothing to do with, with uh, Von Wagner, but... We will see Von Wagner versus Noam Dar on NXT this week, though. Lola Vice was the guest on Supernova Sessions. And Electra Lopez, we saw her throughout the night looking for Lola Vice. And Lola said as soon as they linked up, she knew that there'd be an expiration date. And Lopez tried to use her star power to advance her career. And then Electra Lopez showed up and she was like, I sacrificed way more than you did to get to WWE and be on this roster. And then called her the biggest phony in WWE and mentioned what we heard the other week, that whole thing with the Instagram. All you do is, is post Instagram posts. And next week, we're going to see Lola Vice versus Electra Lopez one-on-one. And then she attacked her and they brawled. And I thought that was well done. I am all for it. Yeah, very much yeah. so. I thought it was it was really well done. Uh, very entertaining with everything with that, you know? Yeah. We saw Andre Chase um, and Duke Hudson. They were, they were taking a bunch of stuff out, I guess, to pay off the debt for Chase U, including Duke's trophy. And 
Andre Chase's podium. And he said that he guesses that they'll officially say their, their goodbyes next week. So I think something big has to happen where they make the payment. Now, I think that something's going to be going on big with that. Is that the original set to Firefly Funhouse? Uh, I don't know. I didn't notice. It looked like the same blue. It looked like the same blue color. No, I'm not sure. I feel like it was the same blue color and everything like that. But it left but, Andre Chase well, in that room like uh, Will Smith on the the end of Fresh Prince. Yeah, true, true, true. But we also had a segment true. later on with J.C. Jane, Thea Hale. Lexus King and uh, Riley Osborne. So I'm sure we'll see more continuation with that. But I, I really feel like I don't think we'll see Cameron Grimes or something like that. But and I can't see it being Ted DiBiase, but there there's no way Chase U is done. There just can't be. But earlier in the night, no. we saw OTM show up at that Italian restaurant where the family usually shows up at. And hangs out at. They took some people out. And the family responded later on via cell phone video. And told them to watch their backs. And basically said see you soon. Fast forward we see Dragon Lee. Pick up the victory over Scripps. Obafemi the new North American champion was watching this match. OTM though. Caused distractions in this match. And then the family showed up and brawled with them to the back. And Dragon Lee was able to get the victory off of that. but So that sets up them uh, um, a six-person tag next week for that match. Or no, maybe that's actually at Vengeance Day, I believe. The six-person tag. But after this match, Obafemi said that he'll see Dragon Lee at Vengeance Day. So it also sets up the North American Championship match. Yeah. We saw Malik Blade and Idris Anofi backstage. And Anofi said that he was he was disappointed that they lost the Dusty Cup, especially because he was wearing Dusty Rhodes gear. And Brindley Reese walked in, tried to turn their frowns upside down, and told them to journal their feelings, to learn something. And Idris Anofi was just not feeling it. And she's like, I want to turn everything around for you guys. So she pushed the the journaling big time. So maybe we'll see some sort of positivity turnaround for Idris Anofi and Malik Blade. I don't know. I I feel like it's very possible. Um, but next up, you had Blair Davenport pick up the victory over Carmen Petrovich. Um, I was surprised with Petrovich, but Davenport, I love that finisher, the knee to the face. I it's, I could not see Petrovich winning this though. No, not at all, not at all. This was Davenport's to win. I would have been surprised you know, if it went any other it way. It was. Yeah, yeah, um, I agree. After that, we but. saw Ridge Holland interviewed, and he was asked about Gallus from last week. And Kelly Kincaid asked why Ridge doesn't ask for help, and he said that if he does, then he just proves Gallus to be right. And then basically said that he's going to go take out Gallus by himself. I guess we're going to see what he ends up doing with that. I don't know what the hell. But that's next up, you had. <laughs> I yeah, I don't know. But next up, you had Trick Williams pick up the victory over Josh Briggs. 
so much taking place during this match. You had Dragunov all, on commentary as well. Yeah. Ilya yeah. Dragunov did commentary, but this is all part of Josh Briggs trying to find himself. He originally challenged Ilya Dragunov. And Trick Williams stepped up. He goes, I want him 100% at Vengeance Day. Obviously, Dragunov was still kind of injured, maybe. But we had this match take place. Dragunov kind of hyping Trick up at one point. And Briggs accidentally kicked Dragunov in the face. And that set Dragunov up. He went to get in the ring. Carmelo Hayes showed up out of nowhere. And took Ilya Dragunov down. And Josh Briggs, after the match, took Trick Williams down. And Trick was... Yeah, he hit him with that clothesline to hell. Trick was just not happy to see Carmelo Hayes back there. And then they argued backstage about it. He's like, why would you jeopardize us winning the Dusty Cup by accepting this match against Josh, Josh Briggs? So again, Mello's all about Mellow. So Yeah, it's definitely coming to a head and everything. I still think we it can see them win the Dusty Cup and then he costs Trick Williams that, that match. And then like we said last week, something gets set up for stand and deliver or something where uh, it's a singles match between the two of them in some sort of mm-hmm. uh, stipulation capacity. I think that that would definitely be very interesting if like even after they win the Dusty Cup, when they get presented with the cup, that that's when we have the big reveal. I don't want to see that, and though, because I want to see the actual match take place. No, no, no. Wait, what do you mean the match take place? Trick versus Ilya Dragunov is the main event of Vengeance Day. That has to happen. Oh, it wouldn't make sense I, I for see. Carmelo so to turn on the... him until then. That's true. So, that's true. we'll see what happens with that. I don't know. I... We're both. What, no matter what happens, they got us definitely invested into seeing the the tur- the payoff of it all. Yeah, we're gonna see that anonymous footage where it turns out to be Carmelo Hayes, just like that Triple H reveal with Shawn Michaels. Has to. Yeah, we have to. Earlier in the night, though, we saw uh, Lyra Valkyria and Tatum Paxley, where Tatum was over the moon that she won last week for them, and Lyra was like, "It's a one-time thing," and then she mentioned Roxanne Perez coming out for the uh, the title. And how she doesn't have time for for Tatum Paxley. And Tatum was like, okay, I get it. And to me, I'm like, oh, she's going to do something to Roxanne. Fast forward, we got the women's contract signing for the championship. Which, like you mentioned earlier, Ava hosted as the GM. And we had Roxanne Perez said that she thinks this match could be a, a stand and deliver main event. Obviously, it's happening at Vengeance Day. She also said that she found herself over the past year having to pick herself up while Lyra rose to the top, won the title that she never lost, and basically took her place. And Lyra Valkyria said that she's had a great run, but she's just, you've been been replaced. And Roxanne Perez said that when she wins the title... Will she still be able to build herself back up like Roxanne Perez was able to build herself back up? And I thought that was very good back and forth between both of them. And before anything can get physical, Ava made them both sign the contract. They both signed the contract. They shake hands. 
And then Tatum Paxley shows up when once Lyra Valkyrie is out of the ring and she puts Roxanne through the table. And then Lyra goes back into the ring and she Huge yells. Moment. She yells at Tatum. Yeah, she's like, what are you doing? Like, it was, it was awesome. I thought it was great. So we still have to find yeah. out at Vengeance Day, will Tatum get involved? That is the big question. I think she is going to get involved. We'll see. Could she cost her the championship? I don't know. But we'll but. see come Vengeance Day. That was NXT moving over to SmackDown. It was announced this week that Kevin Patrick has been released from WWE. Michael Cole replaced him on SmackDown. So many people have been calling for Kevin Patrick to be taken off commentary. I liked him on commentary. But then WWE released him, and all those people who were calling for him to be taken off commentary were like, well, well, I didn't mean for him to be released. You were literally calling for him to be taken off of his job and then tried to say you didn't want him to lose his job, which is so goofy. I thought Kevin Patrick... Added a fun and whimsical voice to the show. So I'm going to miss that aspect. Who replaces him going forward? We'll have to wait and see next week. SmackDown opened with Eladio Carrion, where he welcomed the crowd to Miami, the, the Miami crowd to SmackDown. He brought out Randy Orton. We'll talk more about Eladio later on. But Randy Orton spoke about the bloodline. He put Roman Reigns over for being champion as long as he has but mainly said that he's winning at the pay-per-view, the, play, the premium live event, sorry. AJ Styles came out. He's like, did you forget about me, Randy? I'm in that match too. And uh, basically said he's going to be winning and Randy Orton's got a receipt coming for that, that RKO from last week. And then LA Knight showed up and said it's quite convenient that he's the only one of the four that need to wrestle before the, the Royal Rumble. And it's because Paul Heyman is scared. He sees that it's it's L.A. Knight's time and L.A. Knight can dethrone Roman Reigns. L.A. Knight in this promo, I think, absolutely cooked. But AJ Styles ended up hitting Randy Orton with that Pele kick before uh, the segment ended. So he did get his little, uh, his, his receipt in there. Later on, Jimmy Uso pitched to AJ Styles to help the bloodline take LA Knight out since they all knew where LA Knight would be later on. And then the club showed up and questioned AJ Styles about it and he's like don't don't worry about it. The first match of SmackDown saw Santos Escobar pick up the victory over Carlito. I thought this was a good match. There were some slow points, but I think it worked for Escobar as the heel. But Legado and and the, and the LWO Ended up brawling after Angel Garza took Carlito out behind the referee's back. And then we saw Zelina Vega get up on the apron. And Electra Lopez showed up to rejoin Legado Del Fantasma. So I think that's awesome. I pop for that. We saw the Kabuki Warriors pick up the victory over Katana Chance and Caden Carter to become the new tag team champions. This was a very entertaining match. I'm a big fan of both teams. I said last week, I really, really don't want to see Kabuki Warriors take the titles yet. But storyline-wise, it just absolutely lined up for the Kabuki Warriors to pick up the, the victory here. And I really wish that there were two sets of titles 
Because Chance and Carter literally just won the titles a month ago. They got to defend them at least on TV three times more on live events. So I'm pleased with that. But I'm very, very happy that uh, Katana Chance and Kaden Carter were champions. I'm happy that that Damage Control are champions, that Kabuki Warriors are champions. So we'll see what happens more with that. I think it just adds to what I think will happen with Bailey and WrestleMania. We had a face-to-face encounter with the Final Testament and Bobby Lashley and the Street Profits where the Final Testament sent Scarlet to the ring while they stood up on the ramp and it ends up turning into a brawl. Karrion Cross came out on top as I uh, would have expected. I, I feel like we'll see stuff in the Raw Rumble with those two. We saw Austin Theory pick up the victory over Carmelo Hayes. Decent match. Grayson Waller took out Carmelo Hayes behind the referee's back. And eventually Austin Theory got a quick roll-up to get the victory. And they beat down Carmelo Hayes afterwards. But Trick Williams made the save. And Trick came out to a huge pop. Completely unexpected to hear a pop like that. But that must have felt fantastic for Trick Williams. And I thought that was really cool to see. Trick Williams was annoyed at Carmelo Hayes because they have a match on Tuesday. A big match. Uh, And then throughout the night, we saw Ava and Nick Aldis. And he started the night by welcoming her. Lashley chose his Royal Rumble number. We saw Santos Escobar choose. R-Truth was in there playing around with the tumbler, which I thought was hilarious. And then he confused Nick Aldis for Adam Pierce. And we saw Bianca, she chose her number. Bailey chose her number. Jimmy Uso chose his. He did not like his number. We also saw the Bloodline intimidate Eladio before the main event because he chose Randy Orton to win the Raw, uh, to win at the Raw Rumble. And then we see the main event. LA Knight picked up the victory over Solo Sokoa via disqualification. I like during the match that LA Knight was working on Solo's hand. I don't remember seeing somebody necessarily do that before. I'm sure we have, but I thought that was a good aspect of the match. But Jimmy Uso got involved. LA Knight took him out. AJ Styles showed up and hit the phenomenal forearm off the barricade, and that caused the DQ. Jimmy Uso showed up with a chair, and it looked like he went to maybe hit AJ Styles and then gently lays the chair down for AJ Styles to use And Solo got in AJ Styles' face and said, take care of him or I'll take care of you. And AJ Styles ends up hitting Solo and Jimmy Uso with that chair. And Randy Orton came out, took out AJ Styles. He took out Jimmy Uso. Solo dragged him out of the ring to to hit him on that, that commentary table. Orton fought back. And he dropped Solo on the table Jimmy tried to get out of the ring. Orton got back in there to get him down. AJ Styles went for another forearm to Randy Orton, but Orton got out of the way. DDT'd AJ Styles, hit the RKO, went to the top rope to pose, and just as you think SmackDown is over, the very last second, LA Knight came in there, hit that BFT to close SmackDown. Not a typical Royal Rumble ending. And uh, I thought that was a, a good way to end the show. So that's SmackDown. 
Going to do some predictions for the Royal Rumble now. Also bringing on Chris yeah, right now. Stop talking for a minute. Take a, Drink some chamomile tea or some like mint tea. Get your throat going. And let, <laughs> like the Chris and, and Dave carry Yes. The... We are coming up to, what, 13 years? Oh, man. Um, I know. So, yeah, emulating from the, emulating from the dump that is Tropicana Fields, home of the Thunderdome, we've got the Royal Rumble 2024. Uh, Saturday night is going to be a crazy night for wrestling. There's a lot of crazy stuff that's going to be going on, and not a lot of people are going to see it because they'll be watching the Royal Rumble, like myself. Um, only four matches announced right now. Um, so let's do, we'll go over some predictions. Uh, we'll start off with the United States Championship matches. Logan Paul has had the title uh, since November 4th, hasn't defended it once, um, and he's defending it for the first time against Kevin Owens. Um I'll admit the prediction here, seeing as, you know, the news broke today that Logan Paul has signed uh, uh, a new WWE contract to extend uh, his stay there. I'm just saying uh, Logan Paul's winning the thing. Ooh, I didn't know about the contract uh, aspect that he signed right now, but if that's yeah. given, I mean, I'm going to go with Logan Paul, and I could see Logan Paul going into WrestleMania with the championship and losing it there. Yeah, well, he's not going to defend it until WrestleMania, so... Yeah. Yeah, I didn't know about the contract thing either, but I would have picked Logan Paul regardless. Mm. Yeah, for sure. Uh, for sure. Uh, Roman Reigns will defend his title for the first time in forever as he, uh, you know, the, the odds are stacked against him as he faces off against Randy Orton, AJ Styles, and L.A. Knight. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's it's Roman Reigns. Like, right. So it's going gonna, it's gonna to be the same finish. It's going to be Solo's going to get involved somehow, and then Roman Reigns is going to pick up the win here. It, it is very interesting because they the way that they have planned out everything is that I could definitely see Randy Orton being a potential to walk away as champion with this one without Re Roman Reigns being pinned to lose no. his championship. No. I I can see that taking place as a potential, <laughs> but I am no, going to— It's going to be the same ending as every Roman Reigns match. That's it. Yeah, but I am going to go with Roman Reigns. This is going to be my bathroom break match. I, I think that I it would be. Don't care. I think it would be a good match. You know. I mean, yeah, you got Randy Orton, AJ Styles, and LA Knight in there, yeah. and then you have Roman Reigns. You know, yeah. I'm excited for that match. Brandon? Yeah, Roman Reigns. But all right, let's let's get on to the women's World Rumble match. It is going to be incredible. So far, we have Bailey, Nia Jax, Becky Lynch, and Bianca Belair announced to be a part of the Royal Rumble. Um, so far, we don't know what position anybody's going to be in uh, for their entry. Who is everybody selecting as their winner? I chose Bailey on the, the last episode. You chose Sasha Banks. Are you keeping that? Oh, man, that's a good question. Oh, you know what? Damn. Why the hell not? I mean, I could definitely see Bailey doing it. <laughs> Sasha Banks is such a far fetch, but you know what? YOLO. I'm going with Sasha Banks. <laughs> what about you, Chris? I'm gonna, I'm gonna go with Bailey. I think it's just it, it's hers to win. the 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 landscape mm -hmm. of female wrestling in in the WWE is very you know top women. Mm -hmm. There's what is there Bailey. There's Rhea Ripley, and no one's dethroning her no. until Chelsea Green cashes in her money in the bank briefcase and beats her for it. <laughs> um, and that's it. That's it you know? So I'm, yeah. I'm saying Bailey. She'll, right. she'll challenge. Who's the, who's, the, who's the SmackDown Women's Champion? Yo. 
Okay, yeah. So yeah, you'll have uh, she'll go after Eo, and there'll be a whole uh, dissolving of damage control. Yeah, that's that's, that's where it really makes sense with the direction and stuff. All right, so while we, let's I would, on by the, the way, I would love at WrestleMania if we got a hell in a cell between the two of them. <laughs> if it like actually broke down for as long as damage control has been together, I think that would be like a, an incredible. Or I mean maybe not a hell in a cell maybe a cage match or something like that because you don't want the other members of damage control to get involved which is what a cage is supposed to do so if if i had like the perfect booking to wrestlemania bailey would win the royal rumble obviously eventually break down with uh with damage control and then have that hell in a cell match but we'll see if that happens yeah. All right. So well, let's say on the women's uh, Royal Rumble match, real quick, who do you think are the surprises for the matchup? Everybody. Nobody's Nikita Lions. <laughs> <laughs> They're gonna bring in Nikita Lions. Okay. No. All right. Uh, no, I, I don't want that. I'm not a fan of her. I'm not so either. I'm with you. I'm not a fan of her either. Like the only person I'd see NXT call up wise. And I don't really pay attention, but the only one who like really has some sort of popular notoriety is Cora Jade, but she's injured. Um, I, I would say somebody that I can her, see as an entrance is Tiffany Stratton. I would love to see her. I think she's spectacular, but I feel like that whole storyline she's doing right now, working on a farm, uh, would uh, enable her from doing so. That's true. Do you think that anybody's going to yeah. come back to be in this Royal Rumble? Um, I would love to see Ivory. I'd love to see Jacqueline. I know she. There was a report going around saying that she'd love to have another uh, bite at the apple, as they say. Okay. What about you, she was? Uh, Brandon? She was in the uh, the first women's Royal Rumble. Yeah. So, okay. Um. Maybe get I, maybe get good old Betty Phoenix. In I there? I feel like well, who knows what's going on with that? Mm-hmm. With her relationship. Why? What do you say? WWE? Why do you say that? Because well, everything with Edge Edge isn't in WWE anymore, so we don't know. Okay. If they would even use Beth Phoenix, but it seems. Highly likely that AJ Lee could possibly be in it. That, yeah, and the marks will pop. That is true. That is true. That would be a huge, you know, a huge return and reaction to go with. I'm trying to think of like women who would define Philadelphia, but it's so hard. I mean, maybe you can get somebody from the ECW aspect. Maybe Jazz. Yeah, but who for yeah, these uh, well, okay, Jazz that would, be, would cool. be awesome, but. I don't think Francine, Francine would Francine would be a great fit. I don't think Dawn Marie. Jazz would be uh, a huge, a I, huge thing. Yeah, Jazz would be great. Yeah, I think Jazz would be probably the best one. Every other, all the other women from ECW were really more so the valet manager roles. I feel. And Lita. No, that's true. That's true. Maybe maybe a Alexa Bliss return. Didn't she like just just have a kid? I don't. Yeah, like I November. feel like it's. Has it been? Yeah, is it November? So, All right. I don't know. But but yeah, you never know. So so yeah, that's the women's Royal Rumble, and then which would probably be your main event, the men's Royal Rumble. Thirty men vying for a shot at the at a uh, world championship match at WrestleMania forty. Um, I'm saying Gunther. Oh, Gunther. Yeah. Dave and I, I on the predictions that, both chose Cody Rhodes. 
I'm sticking with but Cody Rhodes. Why are we? Why? Why are we talking about the Royal Rumble? What you did predictions last week? Why are we doing not that? Last oh, no, this, this was not last week for the last the... last year. Oh, yeah, last year. Like, who do we think? Uh, it just came up in discussion. But oh, with okay. Cody Rhodes and everything, uh, it's so tough with the promo that just happened on Monday Night Raw. It would be interesting to see Gunther pick up the victory for the Royal Rumble. You know, Seth Rollins being injured now and everything. Um, yeah, and I feel like he's, you know, for, for like, I know, like, and, you know, I, I read stuff that, you know, matches might be getting shaken up for for WrestleMania. It might now be Cody versus CM Punk, or, and then it's going to be Seth versus Gunther after that promo. So No, they retracted but, that you know, statement. Like, who Sports Illustrated retracted that. They said they were given false information or whatever. Yeah, because they probably got it from a credible quote-unquote news site, news with a Z, um, because we all know that there is no credible professional wrestling journalists. I know, they're all marks. Um, but honestly, yeah, I, think, all... I, I think I'm going to go with Gunther too. I think originally I picked Cody Rhodes and everything, but right now I can actually see Cody Rhodes and CM Punk doing a double elimination for each other. Doing the uh, the, the Brett Lex the Brett Lex uh, Royal Rumble was that ninety four? I think when so. Ninety four, ninety five. I I could kind of see them going that route to just fuel their match even further. Do you? Okay. All right. So Chris, do you feel that Cody Rhodes with because I know that you're a big supporter with the Cody Rhodes storyline with him finishing it. Do you think that he has to finish it at this WrestleMania? And also, does him finishing the story involve Roman Reigns? I think it does. Because we saw last we thought last year he was going to finish the story, and he didn't. And he has to beat Roman Reigns. It's like the final boss. Mm-hmm. You know? So it's like he has to beat him. If he beats somebody else, it's like... I, I think it waters it down a, a little bit. But, I'm you know... Kind of. Um, I, would love, I want to see Cody win it. I think Cody should be... The WWE Championship, I feel like, has taken a huge, huge, huge step down with Roman Reigns coming around every, you know, six to eight weeks. Um, and it's real. And I feel like Seth Rollins has really elevated the World Heavyweight Championship to yeah. maybe the top title in the company. Um, and I feel like Cody Rhodes needs to get that WWE World Heavyweight Champ, the WWE Championship, and bring it back to what it is. Bringing it to the meet, you know, as again, Roman Reigns does, as I said, he's around six to eight weeks. So you need a champion, especially with the name WWE on it, on all of your media events, doing your radio, doing your Sports Illustrated interviews, you know, mm-hmm. not walking around in a freaking a track suit with the title. Cody Rhodes looks the part. He, he dresses the part. He talks the part. Like, you need that representing your company. And especially with this new version of WWE we're getting right now with the TKO group and them elevating it to more worldwide startup. You need a guy like Cody Rhodes who's going to be there. He's going to be in the trenches with everybody. So I feel like he needs to be beating Roman Reigns. I want it to be at WrestleMania. uh, And I think Cody Rhodes deserves it. Very valid. Very valid. Excuse me. Yeah, I know. Very valid. I definitely, um, uh, I'm, I could convince myself. But it, I still think, I still want, I still want Gunther to win it because Gunther, I'm sorry. 
um, because I feel like it's it's just it's a strong it's a strong it'll be a strong match for for Seth. Yeah. Um, yeah. I feel like with the Co- so. with the Cody Rhodes storyline wise, I feel like I can convince myself to go either way with so many different storylines with Cody Rhodes, where like every time I hear a different storyline involving Cody Rhodes and finishing the story, but not now, and the different direction that it could take, I'm like, you know what? Okay, I could get behind that. I feel like I'm too wish washy on all of that, you know. Yep, but, I feel you. Yeah, Brandon, Cody. So, yeah, Cody. Oh, okay. let's real real quick before we move on uh, from the Royal Rumble surprises. Who do you think a surprise entrant will be? Obviously, it's not going to be Okada. No, nope, it's not, not going to be Okada. Be Okada. I mean, his his contract isn't expired yet, but you never that know. Doesn't what matter. What could be Finn Dangle? Yeah, it does. You know, it, so it far really we doesn't. have Cody Rhodes. We don't CM know how those contracts work. That's yeah. So so far we have Cody Rhodes, CM Punk, Nakamura, Lashley, McIntyre, Gunther, Kofi Kingston, and Damian Priest announced for the Royal Rumble. So we have a lot of spots open. Who is a surprise that you think that you could see enter? I'm gonna go with Tom, oh Tommy Dreamer. Can't wait. You know what? I am <laughs> gonna go with Tommy Dreamer. No, I think he. I think he's on the Jericho cruise this weekend. Oh, I didn't even think about. I that. was gonna say. I was gonna say the Dudleys because they just signed a Legends deal. Yeah. Um. Yeah, that's this weekend. Oh man, that's such a bummer because I thought it just hit me that he was with TNA, but then with everything with Mickey James being on there last time, you know. But oh man, I forgot about the cruise. Okay. Yeah, I'm trying. I'm, I'm looking right now. I'm looking right now. He's really guys. I'm trying to see if there's any like legends. Santino, yeah, the Dudleys are both on the cruise. Matt's not going to be there because he's on the cruise. Ah, um, yeah, RJ City. No, wait, he, wait. Tommy Dreamer's not on the cruise. I misspoken. My apologies. Okay, so I'm going to say a surprise entrant is going to be Tommy Dreamer or Sandman. What do you guys okay. think? Okay. Also, recent signee of a Legends deal, apparently. Wait, why am I thinking Philadelphia? I'm already fast tracking to WrestleMania, yeah, but I still think that Tampa. they would. We're in yeah, Tampa. we're in Tampa. Yeah, pal. <laughs> we're in Tampa. You know what? I'm I'm sticking to it. Why not? Why the hell not? <laughs> Hulk Hogan. Oh my God! If Hulk Hogan comes out, I'm gonna be pissed. <laughs> Sorry. I'm going with Hulk Hogan as a surprise entrant. AJ Hawk asked Paul Heyman on Pat McAfee's show this week if. We could potentially see Bob Backlund. I'd love, I'd love Bob Backlund. I did David Mark Athard. Bob, Bob Backlund. Why, why even tease me with that? David, like, oh, sorry, you have to go home, guys. See you later. Um, <laughs> how about this one, Biggie? I could see that. I could see that. And he, he's, I know he said in interviews, his neck's feeling good. Couple of minutes in the Rumble, throw some belly belly suplex, gyrate those hips, and get eliminated. Do you think that but, especially you know would be you would be really great oh. because there's been this feud going on right now between Imperium and the New Day. Imagine you get a stare down with all of Imperium and the New Day and Biggie. I mean not and Kofi and Xavier Woods. Three, two, one, and then it's a new day. Yes, it is. And then Biggie comes out. That place will go ballistic. I can see Biggie runs go- out, eliminates all of Imperium, even Gunther. You know, I can see Big then, E defeating uh, Gunther for. The Intercontinental Championship. Uh, I, you know what, he has said he doesn't know how far his neck is gonna go. I know there's been a lot of advancements in modern medicine, but he, you know, wants to take it low and slow. So I feel like the Royal Rumble is a good spot to 
do that. Yeah, I mean, look at Edge. That's where he first got his uh, taste of action in front of a live crowd again, you know? Which, know, by the way, WWE put out a list of, like, top Royal Rumble surprises. Yeah, it's terrible. It's it's atrocious. Brother. Terrible list. The, the number one on that list should be Edge. Edge, I think, is at number 12 on that list. Wow. AJ Styles yeah, is number two. That, I think right? that's a, a pretty good one. I think he's at number that's two. That's a... But Edge who's, who's, is number who's one. The, who, I don't care if he's in AEW or what. Number one, nobody thought Edge would return from that neck injury. Yeah, and he hit the, he hit the spear and everything. You know what? Who did they have at their number one or in the top spots? Number one, I I don't remember. Was John Cena was, 08, I think. Oh, yeah. the John Cena return at the Royal Rumble. That was a pretty yes. big. I was there. Oh, that's awesome. I know. I was so mad, actually, that night. Yes. Um, Cena was... Look, I was... Because that's what, like, I no, I didn't like Cena. Now I'm like, oh, man, John Cena. It makes perfect sense. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. That place was nuclear. Oh, such, so great. Such a great event. That's awesome. So, yeah. Very cool. I think right, I think so we'll a, get, like, Carmelo Hayes in there. Yeah, I mean he's he's had a cup of coffee up on SmackDown if I'm if I'm not mistaken. Yep, you're right. So yeah, I think no matter but, what, I am all revved up for the Royal Rumble. I am. You're always all revved up for the Royal Rumble, Dave. Yeah, I it's my favorite event. But let's move on from the Royal Rumble. Yeah, I'm gonna take a quick little break right now, and I'll be right back here on. Marking out. Yeah. Okay, this is a superstar, Billy Ray, and the man of the hour, the man with power, and you just do marking out. And everybody, please mark out one more time. All right. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to Marking Out, episode 677. Gonna try to get through this, man. This sucks. But Chris Jericho on Rampage last week picked up the victory over Matt Seidel. I thought the match was fine. Some of it felt like Chris Jericho was kind of just going through the motions. And I still don't really get why that match took place. But the main focus was Takeshita attacking Chris Jericho afterwards. And they were separated. Takeshita took Christopher Daniels out as well. Nasty bump. That gets sets up, that sets up for a match I'll speak about next week's episode. We saw Penta pick up the victory over Anthony Henry. Another fine match. Anthony Henry looked great in this match. But I don't think it's going to lead anywhere. I just think it's building up Penta for Penta to just build up other people. As we'll see on Dynamite. After that, Chris Statlander picked up the victory over Queen Amanada. Stokely came out with Chris Statlander. And we've seen a bunch of losses for Queen Amanada recently. I just... I hope she gets signed soon and starts picking up victories. And also her shoulders were up during the three count and the ref still counted. Don't think that's going to come into play at all. But Renee asked Chris Statlander about Stokely being out there with her. Willow showed up and, and apologized for missing the match. And she said somebody canceled her flight. And I don't know how she got there just in time for the match to be over. I feel like they could have come up with a better excuse. Like she was trapped in a locker room or something like that. 
little more controllable than an actual flight. But Chris Statlander said they'll work on it. Main event saw Darby Allen pick up the victory over uh, Jeff Hardy. I almost said Chris Jericho. Almost said saw Je- said Jeff Jarrett. But uh, the big highlight was that Jeff Hardy set up Darby Allen on the table outside, went for a swanton, and Darby Allen moved. And then Darby went for a fist bump afterwards, and Jeff T is doing the fist bump, and then was like, nah, forget it, and left. So I feel like we have to see the Hardys versus Sting and Darby Allen. Otherwise, this match didn't make sense to me. After that, AEW Collision saw John Moxley pick up the victory over Shane Taylor, which I actually, no offense, I laughed when I saw that this match was announced because I thought it was a, uh, I didn't think it was an official match thing. I thought it was a joke because it's just beyond random and based on Shane wanting the match for years. I, I, I don't, according to a tweet to Tony Khan from Tony Khan. I just don't get stuff like that, but the match was good, but it's like a bunch of the other matches in AEW all of the time. It's like watching an independent wrestling card, not something you would watch on television. There's no story to it. Shane wanted this match for three years. That's not a story. That's so, that's like, I don't have words for that. And also, every time Shane's been on AEW, he's been presented as a big thing, but every single time he's lost. So why should anyone care about how big of a name he's supposed to be? They're not building Shane Taylor up. I do like that. I saw uh, an interview afterwards with Shane where he puts over Lee Moriarty instead. Instead of putting himself over. I thought that was pretty cool. But after the match, John Moxley said that he's not taking any crap from anybody and anyone who wants to step in the ring with him, keep up. So it seems like he's also now doing open challenges, but it also seemed like he was open to having a new member of the Blackpool Combat Club. And speaking of open challenges, after that, we saw Edge pick up the victory over Dante Martin I spoke about Dante last week in the same manner where he can have great matches, but if he's not being used and there's no follow-up, then it to me, it's completely meaningless. It's just Edge working the indies without actually working the indies, which is so bizarre to see. And, and for me, the only thing that it does for Edge, because it's on TV and being presented as a storyline, it lowers him. I don't think it builds him up as a contender for taking as as long as he's taking to to win these matches to beat these people who he should it should be a spear and and winning in a minute with most of these people. They don't make sense. It's edge. I, I like it, it makes no sense you come in to AEW and fall so far to face Like, it started with Griff Garrison. I'm not going to use the line from Dark Order, but in that sense, it's basically, who is Griff Garrison? 
He's been there for four years and they've done nothing with him. And for the past two years, he's been off TV or, or 14 months or whatever it was. And when he was on TV, he got squashed by Wardlow. Why is Edge any different? It makes no sense. After that, Thunder Rosa picked up the victory over Queen Amanada. It was slow at times, but I enjoyed this match. That uh, The highlight of this match for me was that headbutt from Queen Amanada right before the air raid crash. I thought that was fantastic. And like I said, I hope she gets signed. We saw the Bullet Club gold and the acclaimed came out to congratulate them on winning the Ring of Honor six-man tag team titles. And then they pitched the super group again and they all joined together where I hope that there was going to be some sort of follow-up with Undisputed Kingdom. Or maybe we'll see Bullet Club Gold turn on the acclaimed at some point, take the titles, and then unify them and finally get those Ring of Honor titles off TV. I don't see any of that happening, though. We saw Daniel Garcia pick up the victory over Buddy Matthews. Beyond good match. I'm glad that Buddy Matthews is getting spotlights like this on television. FTR was ringside to talk Daniel Garcia up during the match. Uh, Really, the only thing I didn't like was the ending. Because of how many knees... Like, how, how many knees should it take to knock Daniel Garcia out? And he's just able to flip over and win? I don't I don't like that part, but House of Black... And FTR brawled afterwards and the Ring of Honor locker room emptied out to separate them. And it sets up a crazy match, maybe a huge crazy match, to go up against Royal Rumble in Elimination Trio's cage match, which I, uh, I'm i looking forward to seeing. After that, Roderick Strong picked up the victory over Matt Seidel Crazy seeing Matt Seidel back to back to back and him being used like someone who isn't signed, I think is crazy also. But it's funny that Tony Tony Schiavone spoke about Matt Seidel maybe picking up his 50th win in AEW during this match when there was like zero chance that Matt Seidel was winning that match. Like there's a clear line with how they're using Matt Seidel. When he showed up first in AEW, it was like, oh crap, Matt Seidel's here. That's awesome. He'll be used every week. And then, no. Not the case, unfortunately. Main event saw Blackpool Combat Club pick up the victory over Eddie Kingston and Ortiz. I'm I'm very shocked, first of all, but also glad that they addressed Ortiz and Eddie Kingston teaming up again after having beef. I don't think this match was as good as Daniel Garcia and Buddy Matthews, but it was still good, and it was still good to see Ortiz. I do think it was very obvious that the only reason this took place was to have a further feud between Brian Danielson and Eddie Kingston and have Ortiz eat the pin. Over on AEW Dynamite, it opened up with Samoa Joe. And he said that opportunities will now be earned to face him. Which I think is the complete opposite of what he previously said. 
because Tony Khan reinstated the rankings that everybody, oh, we missed the rankings. The rankings were so great. People would sit at number one spots for months or have victories where they should be in the number one spot and not be there for months. Sting and Darby Allen sat there win after win after win and received nothing. I hated the rankings. I hate that the rankings are back. If they're, I don't know how much they'll be used in storyline. Obviously, the biggest storylines with them right now are Hangman and Swerve. Those are the only two. But Joe did what he did. Hook showed up and shook his hand. And then he said he doesn't know when or where, but he'll see him again. And people were just wanting Hook. So that match last week, oh, this this highlights Hook. Puts him to a new level. Did nothing for Hook. People are just saying, what? We don't care what you're saying, Hook. We don't believe you, Hook. They had zero faith in Hook. And then Samoa Joe asked for security to remove Hook and Hook choked some security guards out. So that's not at all the segment that I think Hook needed especially if the fans were going to be doing that to Hook. I think it should have been Joe and Hook mutually putting each other over, more so Joe putting Hook over. After that, Hangman picked up the victory over Penta. Joe did commentary. I thought the match was fine, but you knew who was winning this. I liked the dead eye on the apron, but I don't understand how he gets up after something like that. He, he misses, he gets out of the way of a buckshot. There was no reason to have that first buckshot reversed. He just got hit with a dead eye on the apron. So that's unfortunate. We saw Wardlow pick up the victory over Trent, which again, obviously Wardlow is winning, but I feel like this should have been a match against somebody else. Trent needs victories. If he's going to be built up. And it seems like he's going to be breaking away from the best friends really soon. He won that fatal four-way a few weeks ago. And then there was no follow-up. He lost to Eddie and then went back to tagging. And obviously Wardlow needs victories against bigger names. But I don't think Trent is the, the one, the name to start it with. If you're trying to build Trent as well. But then that could play into Trent being like, well, I keep losing. Screw you guys. I'm out. But also, I think Wardlow took too too long to take Trent out on this one. But um, I thought we were going to see Wardlow beat Trent and the best friends down afterwards. And I was hoping that would happen. But United Kingdom or Undisputed Kingdom, I mean, pulled them away, pulled them away. We saw Deanna Perrazzo and Tony Storm in a face-to-face. Um, this was an interesting setup. The screen was split between color and black and white. I have no idea how they did that, but I thought that was really cool. And uh, Deanna Perrazzo said that she doesn't want to face this version of Tony Storm. She wants the Tony Storm 
that lived with her, the one that slept on the dojo floors. And she brought up how they both have a matching tattoo and how Tony Storm's not fooling anybody. And then shoes flew from both sides and Deanna Perrazzo went to lock the Venus de Milo on Tony Storm and Mariah May dragged her out of it. And then Luther ate a kick from Deanna Perrazzo. Some of this segment I thought was good. There were some parts where it's just like, uh, maybe not. We saw John Morrison and Taya Valkyrie backstage where Taya challenged Deanna Perrazzo. Uh, I think that's cool that they're on TV together now. I don't think it'll elevate either one of them unless there's another couple that they could feud with, though. So we'll see what happens with that. Swerve picked up the victory over Jeff Hardy. Uh, This, I didn't understand why Jeff was here. Because he and Matt have been talking about being exclusive to Rampage and putting Rampage over Collision. So I didn't understand why Jeff was being used, but this was my favorite match from Dynamite this week. And definitely one of the best matches that Jeff's had in AEW. And he was the the one getting the loudest cheers the whole night. Go through every single match, it was Jeff Hardy getting the loudest pop. And there were some good Hardy spots in this. The, The Whose House, Hardy's House, I thought was cool. Nice touch that Matt Hardy got going. But... I think the worst part of this was the ending. Swerve literally just landed on his feet for the double stomp. And that was the finish. I thought it was, I I literally thought there was going to be more to the match because I thought it was a goof. Or that Jeff Hardy reversed it or something. So there was no impact on that finish whatsoever. And cut to backstage. It led to Hangman and Swerve going back and forth and uh, about being undefeated. And now they're going to be in a dealer's choice match next week. Each of them get to pick each other's opponents. Both of them, I feel like, are probably going to be winning. And they'll go 4-0. And that's the only bit of rankings I feel like we're hearing of right now. After that, Thunder Rosa picked up the victory of a Red Velvet. If they're not building up Red Velvet, then she should not be getting as much offense in. And this match for me was just, some of it was weird. Red Velvet looked like she was lost at parts. And Thunder Rosa, the the finish took way too long. But kudos to Red Velvet for actually hitting the double stomp. After that, Darby Allen and Stink came out. Darby brought up Sting's neck injury from from his match with Seth Rollins, and he questioned, what if that happens to me? He had those thoughts when he saw that happen to Sting. And then he heard that Sting was coming to AEW. They worked out together in the ring, and, and Darby told him he still got it. And he also said that since the rankings are back, they're number one contenders which is so goofy because they've literally been undefeated since before and after. 
But Sting, I this threw me. Sting says he's all in, which was very confusing because they're plugging on the stage all in. During the segment, they pan out to a an all-in advertisement. Meanwhile, this is the match they're they're talking about is for AEW Revolution. Sting's final match is months before AEW All In. So why they would even put that there was confusing. Why they would have Sting say he's all in unless he's not retiring on March 3rd or whatever. That was very confusing. The Young Bucks were shown during this. They were shown earlier as well, talking to Top Flight. They're on TV, and it's very, very WCW 2000-2001, and not the good parts of 2000 and 2001. It's beyond cringe. I know it's probably supposed to be cringe, but it's like to the point where I don't want to see that at all. And like I said the other week, it's it's not believable. But Ricky Starks and Big Bill accepted uh, the challenge from Sting and Darby Allen. And that's happening in two weeks on Dynamite. So I assume Sting and Darby Allen will definitely be winning the titles. They're undefeated. They have to be. After that, the Acclaim picked up the victory over the Mogul Embassy to retain the AEW Trios Tag Team Championships. Why did this take place? The acclaimed should have defended the titles, but the Mogul Embassy literally lost the Ring of Honor titles. They don't need another title shot for the same kind of title. What did they do to earn it? With the rankings back especially, they did nothing. They lost their titles. Why did this match take place? I don't understand. And why did the Bullet Club Gold have their own entrance for this? I think they left ringside and then came back out to to help out against the embassy when they were cheating. And then the main event of Dynamite saw Edge pick up the victory over Minoru Suzuki. And I think they did way too much too quickly in this match. There was no time for anything to build. There was a barricade spot about two minutes into the match. And there was like no power behind that spot. And as for the match, it went exactly how I would have expected it to go. Not really good. It was not bad. It was not great. And then they had Edge offer a handshake to Minoru Suzuki afterwards, who refused it. And then Edge gets back on the mic and said uh, he would have he would have expected nothing less or something like that. And he's still coming for Christian. And then they cut to a video of Christian from months ago, I think as if it was live, just watching the the screen. And that's how dynamite ends. And this episode was all over the place and had a lot of stuff to me that made no sense with that sting part being the most puzzling. So that was AEW Dynamite. Hey, Chris, got a match of the week? Chris's match of the week. Chris's match of the week. I sure do. And you just talked about it. Edge, or Adam Copeland, 
versus Minoru Suzuki. It's 2024, and we get this match. Wild. Freaking wild. That in 2024, A, Adam Copeland's still doing it, putting on a banger of matches, and he's facing against Minoru Suzuki. If this is what you're going to do with Ed, Adam Copeland for now and just put him in crazy matches, I'm all about it. I've said it before. We thought we were never going to see Edge ever again after he retired, and we're getting him now, and he's showing everybody why he's the GOAT. I, so, I totally agree with you. The freaking GOAT, man. Like, I... I if Edge is... If Edge... Whatever content has Adam Copeland on it, I'm consuming it because it's just awesome. Mm-hmm. Brandon, who are you shouting out? Hey, wow, this is Owen Wilson. You're listening to Brandon's Shoutout. The first shoutout goes to Death and Other Details, which is a brand new mystery drama on Hulu. Has anybody heard about it, seen about it? No. Stars Mandy Patinkin and Violet Bean. And Mandy Patinkin's character finds himself on a luxury cruise liner and a murder takes place and he's basically trying to find out who did it. There's more to it, but I don't want to spoil anything. There's only three episodes out so far. I think it'll run weekly through March 5th, but it's like if you combine only murders in the building with the White Lotus and maybe a little bit of Glass Onion... So if you enjoy any of those three, I think you'll enjoy this program. Plus, Mandy Patinkin is a fantastic actor. After that, my next shout-out is going to Dumb Money, which is now out on Netflix. It's um, based on literally everything that happened in 2021 with GameStop and the stock market, which is crazy that there's already a movie about it, but it's got a pretty stacked cast Paul Dano stars in it, Pete Davidson, Vincent D'Onofrio, America Ferrara, uh, Nick Offerman, Anthony Ramos, Sebastian Stan, Shailene Woodley, uh, Seth Rogen is, is in it as well. It's a comedy drama. We literally all lived through this. I don't know if anybody here, probably not. Did you buy, you probably bought GameStop, GameStop stock, right, Dave, or no? No, it was too much of a risk for me. Too much of a risk. Actually, could have been. I don't. I don't know. I think if I did, I flipped it for very little. But I. I don't think I did. Well, I enjoyed the movie. It's out on Netflix now. Check that out. And then the last shout out goes to Melanie Safka, who unfortunately passed away this week at the age of seventy six. She was a singer songwriter who uh, performed at Woodstock. And had hit songs like Brand New Key and Laid Down, Candles in the Rain. My favorite song of hers was Look What They've Done to My Song Ma. And that's a song that you could hear Miley Cyrus cover in more recent years. They actually put out a a version together, which I think is cool. But she's released covers of like Bob Dylan, James Taylor, as well as the Rolling Stones. And her version of Ruby Tuesday was like super popular in the UK. So just uh, listen to some Melanie tunes this weekend. Those are my shout outs. Now it's time for Our 
that is right our mark out moment of the week. After we recorded Mark Out last week, big uh, LP dropped from Eladio Carion with uh, uh, a reggaeton artist. And it features a song called RKO with Randy Orton and Francisco Alvarez from the Mets in the music video for it. I'm going to add to that that I marked out for Marisol, who is one of the uh, newsroom anchors for the PIX11 news. She's actually the voice of the New York Mets as well, so I marked out for her being in that. So I thought that was pretty cool. Uh, Anybody else have some marked out moments? I marked out for Bianca Belair and Montez Ford being on the Kelly Clarkson show. They were promoting their upcoming new reality show. So you're gonna talk about this like you talked about Total Divas, Brandon? Uh, Me? I don't. I don't think we spoke about Total Divas as often as you think. I, I. I will. I will. I will admit on that. I mean, I do miss Total Divas though. I do. I do miss it. I, I hope that we get some reality show with just Rusev. Um, but <laughs> just saying, Montez Ford, Bianca Belair, Kelly Clarkson. What about you, Chris? Well, I first I marked out for the Dan Housen promo that was released online this week of Unresolved Mysteries. Yes. I sent that to you, Dave. Fantastic. Mm-hmm. Well shot. Well done. Dan Housen, creative genius. Uh, one huge thing that I marked out for was the drop that on February 1st, there will be a new WWE retro ring and also a new four-pack that will include Wendy Richter, Hulk Hogan, Muhammad Ali, and, J- and Big John Studd. Uh, so that'll be a day of purchase. I'll be in Florida. I'll be dry- I'll be going to Florida, so I'll make sure I'll be purchasing that on my tele- my cellular device. Um, so pretty pumped about that. And also the fact that uh, the latest Steph Delander Matt Cardona promo that got dropped tonight, uh, where they gave Jimmy Lloyd his own title, and now he is the internet champion's broski. She was like, "I'm not going to kiss him." <laughs> I thought that was really funny. Um, but WWE has been airing full matches from Royal Rumble history on YouTube, like 24-7. So I've been watching it here and there. Completely forgot that Eddie Guerrero and Chavo Guerrero wrestled each other uh, on the 2004 Royal Rumble pay-per-view card. And it's crazy because the next pay-per-view was Eddie Guerrero winning the championship at No Way Out. Chavo Guerrero won the Cruiserweight Championship on the show, and those two matches really set up the their WrestleManias. But And they both defended the title successfully at WrestleMania. But they also um, had the first Women's Royal Rumble that I watched. I watched the whole thing, and I thought it was like very well booked with great surprises, nice callbacks, and... Um, even though people went nuts for the, the, the debut and everything, I still hate the fact that Ronda Rousey closed it because it really, to me, took away everything from Asuka in that mm. momentous moment. Uh, also, WWE 2K24 was announced this week. I was about to say, I can't believe you didn't mark out hard for it this. It features the... creepy AI. The, uh, God, God, that was so creepy. But... Um, the, the, the main star of the, the cover is Cody Rhodes. We have Rhea Ripley and Bianca Belair on the deluxe edition. 
And then there's a digital 40 years of WrestleMania edition, which I hate that we cannot buy physical copies of those, like, ultra deluxe editions. But um, one of the, I mean, for me, one of the biggest things from this was Billy Graham is finally in a game via pre-order with Stardust, Dusty Rhodes, and Undashing Cody Rhodes. So I'm pumped, beyond pumped, that Billy Graham is in. I wish we would get, like, uh, more managers in. Graham Wizard would be cool since Billy Graham is there. I think Jimmy Hart with a bunch of attires, attires would be cool. Captain Lou would be dope. But they announced that the gauntlet match is returning, ambulance matches and casket matches are returning, as well as special guest referee matches. And uh, maybe after like 21 years, we're finally going to be able to choose real referees again. I think the last one to feature real referees was SmackDown vs. Raw 2009, but that was arena-specific. Wow. So this one we could actually choose. There's only going to be seven referees. We only know that Daphne is one of them so far. So I think that's pretty dope that she's announced or, or shown off for that. I feel like Jessica has to be part of it as well. And I find yeah. it very hard to believe that Charles Robinson wouldn't be there. But uh, And Sean Bennett deserves to be there as well. So who knows what referees will be in there. The showcase is the 40 years of WrestleMania really can't see it being that different from 2K14 that had the 30 years of WrestleMania, but Brian Williams said that it's not going to be the same, but obviously matches like Hogan and Andre are going to be featured. And there's apparently only going to be 21 matches, which kind of sucks, but 2K14 had almost 50 in their showcase. So hopefully it doesn't suck. I, I just want a good game that works. So that should be. You'll get your. Hopefully, you get your fun. wish. Yeah, <laughs> it, it, well, I would love for them to put a younger Andre in as well. Like, defining moments. Cody Rhodes is going to be in there. His action figure uh, is going to be a playable character. It's that's the, it. I think it's the torn peck Cody Rhodes. Yes, it, that, oh, that's wow. the defining moment. But one. I, I that's think cool. that's exclusive to my faction. There is rumors of my faction being available in all modes now so my fingers are beyond cross that that happens because that was super gross that they did that to us and I feel like everybody like Bad Bunny first of all having a a new pack in 2k23 that they're charging for when it we had the pre-order bonus was Bad Bunny hopefully they don't ever do something like that again and hopefully that both uh hopefully Bad Bunny makes it back into 2K24. So we'll see. We don't know anything nice. with the roster yet, but yeah, like Chris said, that that freaking AI in that trailer was so creepy. Oh man, that that's in, don't pull Steve Austin will give you nightmares. In a still image, I think they look fine, but moving. That Steve Austin looked her- horrifying. Hulk Hogan looked less horrifying because it looked like it could have been from that era on television. The Undertaker looked normal, or the most normal, I should say. But when it was animated and Steve Austin was talking, that was that's nightmare fuel, man. (laughs) Yeah. But 
that's the uh, the mark out moment of the week. Anybody else have any more? No, right? No. Nah, hey, take us Chris, home. Take it home. Yeah. Hey, thanks for watching. Uh, thanks for listening. I, I wish this, this could be a, a video podcast, but Brandon won't keep a mask on for more than 15 minutes. So anyway, uh, thank you for listening to Marking Out. Uh, we appreciate you uh, in advance. I'd like to thank everybody for this great 13-year run that we've had uh, since I won't be on next week. But you can listen to all these uh, podcasts at MarkingOut.com and all of your major podcasting applications. Facebook, Twitter, and TikTok is at Marking Out. YouTube and Instagram is Marking Out 11. You can email us, MarkingOut.com. One at gmail.com and buy our merchandise, prowrestlingtees.com slash marking out. Uh, follow me on Twitter, Chris Sweendog, Dave on all social media fronts at David PTDPT, and Brandon on all of his social media fronts at BTTG161. And until next week, we wish you the, the best, best of luck. luck in your future endeavors. Fantastic week. Oh.